0: see they're gonna activate the queen what does that mean (laughs) (laughs) like yeast i i i maybe uh i don't know exactly what it means uh uh, because like there's all this crazy stuff happening with the british government and obviously the queen is uh the head of state not not (laughs) the head of government right that's right yes she's still she's still in power currently uh is the figurehead but um uh i well the 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 tweet that has been going around that coined that now immortal phrase that i'm going to say as often as possible uh the queen will be activated um is uh in regards to like if boris johnson refuses to resign and then there's like a vote of no confidence and then he like i think or or like or or like i don't know if there's like multiple times where he like refuses to step down despite like other people, like, pulling levers to try to get him to do that. Apparently, at a certain point, the Queen gets activated and can, like, refuse to recognize him as the head of government and then, like, throw it to the people, I guess, to have a new election or something. I don't know. The parliamentary British system is crazy uh, and has a lot of fun quirks and, 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 uh, and weird spots that uh i you know i took ap government and politics in high school so i'm an expert on this of course mm-hmm. um national but state yeah local. It's... exactly um but yeah the queen the queen may be activated
1: now we so we of course are choosing this episode to as the time to activate andy
0: that's right. Uh-oh. Folks, if you thought I was bad before, wait till you get a load of me now that I'm active. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to find out what that means together across this episode. All right. Okay.
1: Uh, welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My, my name is Jesse... Kat- Obviously. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, na- and international... Sorry. Politics. Sorry. No, yeah. you're good. Uh, my name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by...
2: Andy Germuga. Colin, actually.
1: Misa
3: Emilio Diaz.
2: Whoa, Jar Jar Mode. <laughs> yes. Apropos
3: of anything, or just... Queen just Amidala's because? been activated. You mm. talked about votes of no confidence, and that's the only time oh, I've sure. ever been familiar with a vote of no confidence in Star Wars. Is <laughs> when it was I levied see. against Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> as <laughs> a senator after he said, Della de right. Pelicans." Uh,
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> The grammar mistakes have gone too far. We have no confidence in you, Jar Jar. Um,
1: Yeah, what are we talking about today, Jesse? We're talking about, we've got some news. Uh, Locarno has announced their lineup. The Toronto Film Festival has begun to announce their lineup. Uh, And then we're going to go over some new feature films released in the previous week. That's right. One from can, can and one from Berlin.
0: And one from Berlin.
2: That's right.
1: Uh, an out of competition can title and an encounters title from Berlin.
2: <laughs> Do we want to say what the movies are yet or Are we I didn't know that People we were like know. hiding we've read the title of the, the episode. <laughs> all right,
1: all right. Uh so yeah, I guess as far as uh, news, we've got uh, a, no- a number of movies have been just announced and I don't know that we need to go all- over all of them. Uh, Christian Petzold's new movie is probably the most notable among those. Uh, Paula Be. That's going to be in Locarno? No, no. I'm saying new movies have like been announced. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. I got confused. Are going to be shot? I was
2: almost very
1: excited. No, they they like they they, like just started shooting. I assume. Yeah, that's why I was so excited.
3: Yeah, I assume. Colin is is like the lady. Like her boyfriend gets down on one knee to tie her
1: shoe. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Uh huh. I assume this will just be ready for Berlin. Um. Yeah, that makes yeah. Yeah, and then like there's a uh, Valeska Grisabach I think that's exciting she made Western yeah. was her most recent movie a few years ago I really like that um Radu Jude is doing his follow-up to uh, Golden Bear winner Bad Luck Banging Your Looney Porn uh Pyle Kapadia who had a movie at Directors Fortnite last year Uh, that I saw at TIFF, A Night of Knowing Nothing, that was like a kind of hybrid documentary. Uh, she's making her second feature, so I'll be excited to see that. Uh, but yeah, then we've got various festivals, uh, starting to announce the things they're gonna play. We have, uh, of course, at the London Film Festival, they're gonna be opening with, uh, the Matilda musical which is yes! a, a world you
3: picked the wrong week to activate Andy <laughs> <laughs> Oh Jesus
0: uh, really my mummy says him? i'm a miracle going to do the whole score for you now
1: <laughs> uh, unfortunately it's a world premiere so tiff is i know out of play
0: send me to london folks P- pay enough coffee give us enough coffee
1: money if to we... send me
0: to london to watch so, matilda real question
2: <laughs> if we get enough money for one plane ticket to uh, you know round trip yeah. Would you fly to London to try and rush yeah. buy a ticket to the Matilda the musical?
0: <laughs> I mean, I probably would look into, like, other ways of getting the ticket. Uh, but, like, you know. Sure. Okay. Uh, of getting in to see the movie. What if, getting a yeah. or whatnot. What if
1: it was only the, the money came in with, like, three days left to buy the plane ticket? It's enough for the last second plane ticket. Right. But you haven't had enough time to buy tickets sure. in advance.
0: That's probably not enough time for me to make it work. I, That's I crazy. A <laughs> man, I'm a man with a life who has, you know, a certain obligation. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. But yes, I'm very excited for this movie. It's one of my most anticipated of the year. Uh, it is basically the creative team who brought the stage musical to life. It's Matthew Warchus is the director wow. who directed, I think, Pride. People like that movie. I haven't seen Oh, that. yeah. Um, and I think a couple of other movies. Uh, and Tim Minchin wrote The Score. Uh, Dennis Kelly wrote the book uh, they are uh, having Emma Thompson play the Trunchbull mm-hmm. Rosanna Lynch is playing Miss Honey I believe uh, I'm I'm very excited about this one I, that musical makes me cry so much just out of like you know excitement and craft and stuff so uh, yeah excited
1: alright it's uh, a
0: Netflix Christmas release I think
1: of course uh, we've also got, uh, Toronto has, uh, decided that they're going to make weekly announcements, presumably leading up to the big special presentations galas announcement in, like, two or three weeks. Um, uh, starting off with, uh, Glass Onion, yes. the Knives Out sequel right. is, uh, that was the first movie they announced last week. Right after we recorded. Yeah. Uh, I right. No surprise yeah, It's a world premiere. Uh, they yeah. had the world premiere of Knives Out. It went quite well. They've showed most of Ryan Johnson's movies. I think maybe all of them with the exception of Last Jedi. Uh just, Sure. Uh they're you know, makes sense. The stars will be out.
0: Yeah. Kate Hudson in Toronto. hmm
1: Mm-hmm. What are we gonna do? Who's we?
0: The, the public at large.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, and then... <laughs> this week, it was announced, uh, just this morning, as we're recording, uh, that Clement Virgo's film, Brother, will be making its world premiere also uh, at the festival. Uh, Aaron Pierre is in it from uh, the Underground Railroad. And old... Uh, the director... Is like a Canadian director who's made several movies of some note, uh, but I did, upon doing some digging, discover that uh, his second film from 1997, uh, co-written by a certain uh, Cameron Bailey, so that might expect uh, explain why this is uh, getting one of these marquee announcements. Yeah. Uh, there's given, yeah, that it's yeah. not, a you know, a respected director, it looks like his movie are supposed to be good, but not a famous director or a big starry True. cast. Right. Uh, and so yeah, I guess we'll see if they just keep throwing these out week by week, or if there's a pause until the big announcement, or if they do like a slightly early, smaller, you know, there's all sorts of things they could do.
0: A lot of ways they can play it. They, got, uh-huh. they show a lot of movies at Toronto. There's a lot of ways they can announce.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, so many. Uh, uh, presumably at some point we'll get an announcement. you do a
0: scavenger hunt for some of them.
1: Uh, presumably we'll get at some point an announcement of when the announcements will be. Perhaps that announcement can also feature the scavenger hunt. Um, I did also notice uh, Fableman's, I think, maybe got raided... Yes. Uh, so it seems like it's done, which does make right. me wonder if it gets a little bit of a festival run. I think a lot of those big directors are kind of just like, eh, don't really need it. But like Spielberg, yeah. he has been, sure. and he has had movies yeah. like that. The Post was late and wasn't at any festivals, but he also, plenty right. of his movies have been at festivals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bridge of Spies was Bridge in Bridge of Spies had that weird, um not in not a gala just part of the main slate world premiere um
0: sure um and then yeah bfg obviously played Cannes. yep
1: uh and so like you know like venice out of competition or a, a gala or maybe the spotlight section at new york are probably like the most obvious uh premieres but any festival, I'm sure, would be thrilled to have it. Sure. I think
3: this is also, like, a weird, like, non-news story that was this week, but I feel like there was a thing about how people were speculating or, like, there was something
1: that pointed towards the whale not coming out
3: this year. There and was. People yeah. clarified that it was coming out this yeah, year. Yeah,
1: someone emailed A24 and they were like, no, it is coming out this year. I think it's possible... The the confusion was that, like, maybe they're planning on doing, like, a platform release where it mostly comes out in January, uh, but it is going to be released for awards consideration, uh, it sounds like, at the very least. Uh, there is, like, there's stuff, like, there is other stuff that it's unclear if it's coming out this year, like, it's not clear anymore if the Lanthimos is gonna come out this year, which is interesting, um mhm. Yeah. That's maybe the big one. But then yeah, uh Locarno has announced uh their their poll lineup. Uh you know, most of those sections might have some interesting movies, but uh don't necessarily have anything by famous directors and not most of the directors even in their main competition aren't super famous, but uh Patricia Mazoy is, a French director who... It sounded like her movie was pretty close to being in director's fortnight or maybe even competition at Cannes and has ended up here. Uh, Helena Whitman, her film Human Flowers of Flesh. I finally get to stop saying every single time I'm speculating about a festival that it might be there because it finally is premiering. Um was part of that Locarno Films of the Future thing when they didn't have a 2020 festival. Uh, it got some funding there uh, and will mm-hmm. finally be seen. And then the most famous director uh, is Alexander Sokurov, uh, who has been in Venice and Cannes and probably Berlin competition as well. Um, he has a new movie uh, that he said was that he i believe he tried to say that can accepted him and then he said no uh for competition Uh which is interesting um but this new movie is called skazka which apparently translates to fairy tale uh the yeah the stills that they provide look really cool uh very
0: my reading right that it's 78 minutes long Uh uh-huh
1: yeah Great. yeah i'm excited yeah, there's no none of these movies have like uh premises or log lines or anything so it's just like the length and the tech specs and a few stills but uh, i'm excited yeah. about this one the country of origin yeah mm-hmm. uh and then the other section where you have some big titles is of course the piazza grande uh home of beckett uh there's not necessarily an obvious Beckett this year uh and like a lot of this stuff is like uh stuff from like some of their uh retro uh, retrospective sections like Douglas Sirk is getting a big retrospective and they're showing Imitation of Life on the Piazza Grande uh they're showing a Costa Gavras film who I think he's getting a uh a Lifetime Achievement Award or Honorary Leopard of some sort. But, like, the big premieres uh, they've got Bullet Train, Classic Piazza Grande. Uh, they've got. Um, the, they've got. The follow got, up
3: to last year's Free Guy screening. Mm, yeah. Yep,
1: exactly. They've got Where the Crawdads Sing, which will be out here by then. Uh, so you sure. can get a, a jump start. Uh, The the one that's, like, uh, a big, like, art house director that it's a little weird that it's premiering there is uh, the film by Jean-Paul Severac, who is a French director who, like, my impression is that he mostly makes movies that are about film students. Uh, so that's maybe a weird thing to put on the Piazza Grande, but maybe this one's more exciting. The, uh, the still that they provide is a woman with a bow and arrow, so.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's a stealth Hunger in this
1: movie. Uh, and then of course there is the, uh, uh, Juliette Binoche starer, uh, Paradise Highway that. Wow. Some of our viewers may be uh, familiar, uh, familiar with, which, of course, is part of their uh, tribute to uh, Jason Blum. Blom. Yeah, received... perfect guy. <laughs> yeah, also, Never done anything also wrong. Also receiving That's a really Lifetime funny. Achievement Award.
2: <laughs> what a scumbag. <laughs> <It's> lifetime <laughs> Achievement That's so crazy. I don't know if it's Lifetime Achievement. He's like achievement. 10 years it's into his career sort of, or something. Like, it's some I mean, sort of
1: like special 20 years. honorary something.
2: He was involved with the first Paranormal Activity, right? Yeah. Maybe. I could probably... That was like early 2010s, I think. Maybe 2009,
1: even. I.G. Let's see if I can find the specific I think he was a producer
3: for a while before he was even like... Well, yeah, yeah, before he started his own,
1: sure, yeah. Yeah. It's not... The the award he's achieving is not specifically the Lifetime Achievement Award, which is going to Matt (laughs) Dillon. He is receiving... The Premio Raimondo Rezonico, uh, which looks like it is exclusively given to uh, producers.
2: Yeah, it's exclusively for Blumhouse Tilt Productions.
1: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it went to, like, Ted Hope and... Christine Vash, sure, sure, sure. People like that, and now Jason Blum. And they're not
0: showing the new Halloween movie with Jason Blum getting this award. It's not done yet, is it?
1: I, ass- I mean, it's I coming out in October.
0: Didn't? Is it really? <laughs>
2: yeah, that's
1: crazy. I have no
2: idea.
1: I feel like I mean, they, obviously one of them was at Midnight Madness, but I feel like one of them was also at Venice. So they might have bigger things yeah, in mind.
3: Ma- the first one was Midnight Madness. The second one was at Venice.
1: Yeah. So they might have bigger things in mind for uh, <laughs> maybe shit. maybe this time they're for, doing Telluride. What's this new
0: one? It's Halloween. Because uh, it was Halloween and Halloween yeah. Kills. Mm-hmm. Is it just Halloween? Halloween ends? ends. Great. Yeah. Great title. What Love if it.
2: they do the classic push and <laughs> drop it at Cannes next year? Mm. I know they can. I know they can. I know they can.
3: Uh-huh. It's gonna be the New York. It's gonna be the New York centerpiece. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. That'll be really funny. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, yeah, it could be a tip again.
1: Yeah, sure. A lot of things. Uh, they do already so have a sequel, but like, you yeah, get another yeah, one. Yeah, uh, and then you know, know, like
3: maybe, the... maybe there's like spoilers, and they want to drop it like right before Halloween because they don't mm-hmm. want. Yeah, it'll premiere at tip, mm-hmm. and then be on Paramount Plus
2: the next day. <laughs> Yeah. When, Peacock, okay, right. Andy, I knew I had it wrong, <laughs> and I knew <laughs> activated I would, would jumped down my throat. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're like activated charcoal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes.
1: it seems
3: Jason Blum's first credit was that he was an associate producer on Kicking and Screaming, the Noah bombback movie.
1: Sure. Of course. So, yeah. Great. Good for him. I've been watching a um, lot of. Yeah, I guess that's maybe for uh, special presentations. Um, yeah,
2: is there more Locarno? Uh,
1: no. I, no, there's nothing else that's like got famous directors. They have plenty of sections. The the right. filmmakers of the future section is generally a section that has some interesting stuff that no one is necessarily predicting because they're the filmmakers of the future, not the past. Filmmakers of the future should. Only be AI robots. Yeah, <laughs> it should be babies <laughs> and computers.
3: <laughs> babies. Yeah. Um, I mean, look. Wh-
2: hot take. I believe that children are the future. Andy.
1: Mm.
0: Okay. Um, uh, what? What are? When is Locarno? Specifically, it's like
1: the second week of August. Uh. Okay. So. Yeah. In about a month. Sure. Uh.
0: Well. Good luck to all the leopard seekers.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, as far as, like, big picture, it's tough to say, but, like, it looks maybe a little more back to normal than last year did. Uh, Sure. I don't know. There's, like, some... I don't know. It feels like the, the quality and quantity of names are both, like, slightly higher... Uh, but maybe not quite back to, like, mid-2010s, which is not to say, of course, that it won't be a good festival. You can't judge that on looking at a list of names. Right. Yeah?
0: I think, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Do I want is that to move on? Moves? Is there yep.
3: anything else? no, that's it. Okay. What movie nice. do we talk about first? Well...
2: One of them was at Berlin, so that's the earliest one.
0: All
3: right.
1: Sure. Sure.
0: Let's talk about Peter Strickland's Flux Gourmet. He's back, yeah, baby. Yeah, he's
1: back. Uh huh. Last time he made a movie. Making another
0: Peter Strickland movie. He
1: did. As I recall, last time he made a movie, I was at the world premiere of it. Uh, oh,
2: yeah, in Fabric. Yeah. Do you like it? You weren't on that episode.
1: Um, it's like fine. It. It's got some interesting stuff going on. I like D- D- Dukes mm-hmm. of Burgundy. I like much more, and then wow, I haven't seen Barbarian Sound Studio. Right. Yeah. Uh but yeah, the the clear standout to me is definitely Dukes of Burgundy, and then uh, I think I like this one a little more than in Fabric.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I basically think each of his movies is better than the last and this one Mm -hmm. i think being his best so far and i think it's great i really loved it
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i'm like uh i think there's some really interesting stuff going on in this one it like the movie doesn't like I like a lot of the stuff it's doing structurally, but I think it's like frequently not actually that interesting to watch, except for when it's really interesting to watch. uh yeah, it like probably would have been more tolerable to me in not that it was intolerable. It probably would have went down easier, somewhat substantially. In a theater, I'd imagine I just would have been less bored. Yeah. And they're not really putting it out. It it, it, it did day and date on VOD, and so right. I have, I have seen it but yeah, IFC. Yeah, IFC midnight. Yeah. yeah, midnight,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be on AMC Plus sooner <laughs> enough. All right, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's the activation <laughs> um, kicking in again. Yeah. Um. Yes, I. Yeah, I basically had like no like true objections other than like it's a little gross and i
2: don't like there's one scene that is very Um, gross (laughs) (laughs) but they do Um, sort of make it less gross after it but it was still like i was like oh my god yeah um yeah
0: yeah. so I, i don't i there's not like a complaint i have with the movie other than like yeah i mean like i found like one of one or maybe two of the threads kind of interesting, and then, like, a lot of the other characters I was not that interested in. There is a
1: lot going on that kind of just happening. And, like, also, yeah.
0: I don't know. The, like, the whole... I don't know. The whole, like, him taking on, like, weird performance art or something. Like, I don't know. That whole thread wasn't quite doing it for
2: me.
1: Him meaning Strickland? Strickland. Oh, no, that's probably what I'm... Uh, most compelled by is, like, the scenes that actually just are that.
0: Um, Oh, yeah, those, yeah. The scenes where she's, like, like, like
2: reading and they're acting out and it's the audio? No, just, like, the... the, the, Oh, oh, like, the the performing. Them,
1: like, performing for an audience. Yeah, the, the, like, going, the weird going to the shop thing I do also like. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the premise is that they're uh sonic caterers is what they say and they yeah. do this performance art it where they're like yeah where they're like uh making food but it's only for its uh, auditory properties instead of its yeah. gustatory properties it's like a very it's just like a funny thing to be like this is what my movie is about uh, i if anyone had seen it, I'm sure it would be getting compared to Crimes of the Future, though. I think those comparisons... That's, I, it was, I they're could like, not stop thinking
2: about Crimes of yeah, the Future. Yeah, they're,
1: like, pretty superficial similarities, but they are certainly there. I mean, yeah. in terms yeah. of, like, having that performance art element, but also in terms of just, like, having a bunch of plot threads that it's yeah. not really clear where and any it's... of them go. Right. And the
0: plot is like it's Gwendolyn Christie is like a rich benefactor or whatever or runs a foundation. Jane Stevens, sort or great character, yeah. Name in my that opinion. Is uh, good. And so she's ha- having them in a, as, do a residency, like a like a yeah. ten week whatever, where they're working on stuff. Yeah, and she gives them feedback and space to experiment and stuff. And uh, they, it's it's. uh um, is, or no Ace of, Ace, of Ace, butter, a Ace of Butterfield. Uh, I, I didn't necessarily um, get the.
1: Uh, impression that like she is the benefactor i got the impression that like this no, is her she, like, runs yeah this is her it's job like... she references previous people in her position i think yeah, and is doing sure. it for some never specified um, entity right
2: uh and, and then that, yeah Ariane yeah. labed yeah who sure. uh is in a bunch of yorgos lanthos movies and she uh-huh. was in she's in the souvenir movies um and then Fatima Muhammad, who's in Strickland's other yeah. movies. And then uh, the... the main character of Duke of Burgundy, I believe. And then the... the and ep- then the star of the show, the king. <laughs> my favorite performance of the year, maybe? Oh, uh, this is... Uh,
0: this is my favorite, also, my favorite part of the Did you
1: movie. all look Marcus? up... Did you all look up his credits? Well, he's in no. Chevalier. He is, but do you know what else he's in, Cullen. Oh,
2: I did see this. He's got a very... He's like an unnamed character, <laughs> yeah. basically, in... Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> so, that's a great, It takes place in Greece. I believe we should Greece say fact. the actor's name is
0: Max Papa Dimitriou. Thank right? you, Cohen. And He plays a, a man who has been hired to help like document this. Yes, and also he has a long-running thread where he is experiencing extreme gastrointestinal distress, and he's uh, the emotional <laughs> core of the movie. And like that's the that's the main arc of the movie is like what is his medical problem? Right, that is causing him this. Uh, and that's what I was most interested in was like, what was going on with that guy's tum tum? Like, was, was what it's I wanted so... to So,
1: there's a lot. It, like, that... made me very emotional. It.
2: I really related to him hardcore. Yeah. It's just like, he's nervous that everyone doesn't like him because he's, like, mm-hmm. constantly holding in farts yeah. and yes. has to, like, <laughs> walk away and walk behind everybody and, like, silently time his farts with like a flushing toilet sound. Yeah. It's really and then I yeah. mean yeah. It just is taken to the extreme obviously, but uh mm-hmm. what do you think, Amelia? You're making a lot of faces.
3: I don't really have a lot to say. It just wasn't for me. Did it really Sure. None of it really connected at all for me. His like Strickland's like quirky jello thing just doesn't it's just like it just, like, That's reductive. He's barely doing any horror in this. <laughs> he's, I mean, it's like in a, I think it's an aesthetic comp- comparison. It's not really horror, that is true. But he's just, uh, I don't know. His his whole sense of aesthetic is just not a thing for me. And sure, I guess sure. just like the topics yeah, yeah. he is interested in, yeah, I just like, I guess this is a little gross. I didn't find it. I didn't even find it that gross. I guess this is a little like.
2: I mean, there's the one
3: scene that is gross, where she's like,
2: to your eyes, rubbing shit her all, face. all over herself, yeah, <laughs> yes. and it's like that is yeah. unpleasant. <laughs> but then, I mean, the reveal is that it's chocolate mousse,
1: right? And I will say, like, looking I mean, watching the movie, I was like, okay, so that's chocolate. Whether it's yes, that, not that was also I, my re-
3: that, yeah. that was also my reaction to it, where I was also like, yeah, that's chocolate. Yeah, I'm, uh, which like, like it's fine. I know what, what that, level the movie is operating at. Right. Sure uh but yeah i just don't really have didn't really like it that much thought it was fine sure there's some stuff. sure i i kind of like the weirdness of like what's happening with butterfield occasionally but then then it just like it like it like can bring me in for some stuff and then it like pulls Mm -hmm. me back out yeah um I I, I yeah. think it's, that's my main problem with it, is that I think it spends too much time with, uh, with Fatma Muhammad's character, and I just don't think that character's very interesting. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
2: I think what one, one of the movie's strengths, in my eyes, is how much everyone is given a lot of room, and it feels, like, very, like, uh, uh, uh like, doled out evenly, like, yeah i mean it's like maybe
1: with um sorry i was gonna say it's like structurally designed so that of the three members of the band that are doing this residency they each kind of get a section of the movie yeah and then the gwendolyn christie character and the uh the journalist are kind of more distributed throughout it i was like impressed having not seen asa butterfield since he was like a kid i wasn't like blown away but i was like oh he's like become an interesting actor that's an interesting his hair is obviously really funny funny hair yeah yeah. i do think the movie is very funny when he's wearing the cat suit and the hair is sticking out through the hole yeah i mean so
2: there's also the mangrove snacks (laughs) who are a rival (laughs) (laughs) set up as a rival group who didn't get the residency and are taking it out on uh, you know, our group, the, the main. Do they have a name? Do they get a name like a like that? No, she respect. never.
1: That's the whole yeah, thing. No, that's like she... a like a contention yeah. point, right? Yes, she yeah. comes up with a name yeah. at the yeah. end, obviously.
2: Yeah. What am I saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, that that element of it I think is really funny. I think like Strickland is always trying to like build a whole world that like. Mm-hmm is indulging in, especially in Burbian Sound Studio and, um, uh, uh, in Fabric. I would agree with the sort of quirky Giallo. Um, and he's like, it is like this sort of weird, like out of timey, like aesthetic driven movies. And this one I think is the one that to me feels the most realized. And it might just be because of, the uh, 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 let me find his name again. The, the character's name is Stones. He's like the, yeah. the report, the guy doing the report on them, right. yeah. and uh, with the, the issues. And
0: he, like, he's narrating the movie in Greek, also. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Narr- yeah,
2: And like, all of his sort of thoughts on everything. And I, I do like the structure of like them having to sit down with him and talk, uh-huh. uh, like the interviews. Um, but I, I, I think like centering it, centering it around. That character and like structuring it the way that he does uh, with like everything else sort of just acting as like side dishes basically that I, I it just f- felt so much like a fully realized world to me and uh, especially like the like the mangrove snacks everything has funny names that I read an interview with him uh, where he is talking about like uh all these things that are like weird lines in the movie where uh, you know, the the Aza Butterfield character uh, is like very sexual <laughs> and uh, talk- and they talk about him having wet dreams but the Fatma Muhammad character calls them white dreams and it was like an honest mistake and he was like, we should leave that in and then also <laughs> at the end where she's like have a stupid day is <laughs> um, <laughs> like a thing that Strickland was like I heard someone say this on the street once, I think and I couldn't stop <laughs> thinking about
1: telling yeah, someone to have a stupid day. That's like the kind of thing where that he was saying when he was at the the TIFF premiere of him Fabric, he's just like, "Well, this thing happened." And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. I'll put that in there."
2: Yeah. And I think that sort of thing works uh like gangbusters here <laughs> <laughs> like because everything else is so uh inherently like goofy more so than his other ones that are like Mhm. Uh, the, the, the that it just like I'm able to just like take it at, like, at face value basically and be like, yeah, this is just like this weird world <laughs> that exists, and uh, uh-huh. I mean, and reminded me a lot of like Crimes of the Future with that, with the Greek stuff, <laughs> with the <laughs> performance <laughs> mm-hmm. art. It is like, uh, yeah. and even at the um the the scene with um, uh, because Butterfield and Christie develop a relationship. There's mm-hmm. like their stuff reminded me a bit of the uh, 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 uh you know, why can't I think of his name? Who's the star of Vigo? Um, I was mm-hmm. gonna say Hugo, but that's because I looked up Aza Butterfield's IMDb, mm-hmm. um, and Leia Sedu, uh, their relationship, and I was like, it, it, it all just worked really well, I
0: think. Sure, yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't really find it funny. I yeah, and like like I said, like none of the none of the uh like yeah, I guess none of the central like artistic stuff was I got yeah, I l I See, kinda liked the, the Ace of Butterfield Gwendolyn Christie thing and yeah, and I liked I liked I mean, the medical diagnosis yeah, yeah, adventure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, the doctor is really, Richard good. really funny. Richard Brimmer's really funny. he's really funny. <laughs>
2: At the end when he's like, You have and then like, like and then he's let like let, let me go, me home go. Real
0: quick. go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the guy just gets up yeah, and jumps it out. That's a funny Yeah. Bit. Right.
2: Um, and then it's good news. Like, it's not like terrible news. I mean, it's news. good it's like, and bad. It's news. Like, it's not yeah, fatal, you know. but he, he yeah. is at the end of the movie diagnosed with celiacs. And I yeah. was just like. And then they do the crazy, like, <laughs> gluten <laughs> performance right. with all the bread yeah, and noodles. They, burn, they and I was like, it. This all is so mean. <laughs> and then yeah. he's got his monologue where he's like. I didn't want to, like, tell them no because I didn't want them to be mad at me. I was like, this is me in a movie. Right. And but then, this yeah. This is my, it, yeah. you know, uh, Anton Walbrook in Red Shoes. This is the character I relate right. the most to. Sure, yeah.
0: And I, I liked his little, in his final, like, monologue thing, his thing about, like... Yeah, it's tough. Like about just like a realistic thing about living with celiac. Of like, yeah, we're just, I like, go to yeah. restaurants and I have to mad. tell them, and the waiters <laughs> yeah. are it was, it was mean. So and, fucking and it's like true. that sounds realistic to like mm-hmm. what it is to mm-hmm. live with celiac. Certainly, yeah. like people
1: don't believe you or whatever.
0: Like,
2: yeah. yeah, and I think like he is in that movie Chevalier, which I don't know if anyone here. Uh, no, i no. We'll yeah,
1: I saw Chevalier. I thought it was all right.
2: I think that movie's like okay, but he's I think. I remember him in it because he's got such Mm. a memorable face. He's got, like, a very round face and these huge eyes. Uh, And there's a bit in Chevalier where he sings, or he does, like, a lip sync to that song, Loving You. That's maybe not what it's called. The Minnie Riperton song. Um, And there's, like, fireworks in the background. (laughs) And he's, like, Mm. just doing this, like, very odd. That movie's, like, very, uh, got a lot of quirks like that. But then here, I think his face is used so well mm-hmm. as like the like just I mean just the emotional center of everything and like you feel his pain throughout and his discomfort and it's because he's got this you know very expressive face mm-hmm.
1: yeah I like wish I liked it more I was like very intrigued by it but was never yeah. like oh this is so good Um yeah it like yeah it definitely, I feel more strongly about it, that, much more strongly about it than in fabric, even though I don't know that it, like, works a whole lot better. I'm just more into yeah. it, a lot of the stuff that it's trying. Yeah, I was uh, thinking about it
2: because you, Jesse, had said that it was boring, or, <laughs> and yeah, I was like... It, it's,
1: it's a little boring.
2: Well, yeah, and I... When you said it is, that, I was and like... And it's an
1: hour and 50 minutes. It, like, I was expecting But see, this it is the case thing. Like, So I,
2: I do agree that it is boring. And that is, like, a thing that I like about it. And what I like about In Fabric also...
1: Right, like, I think... And I like, think Duke of Burgundy is a pretty boring movie, too, that yeah, I, just yeah.
2: like. I I think it is just, like, what sort of uh, uh, shell you like it with more. Like, right. I think everything that has irked me in the past about his movies works for me here just because... Everything else is sort of elevated by it, uh, or elevates that uh, with its other sort of aesthetic interests and performances. And uh, and I was watching it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is boring, but this is like the good boring that I liked." And Mm -hmm. then, for you know, a reason not worth getting into i had a pause and i was like holy shit i'm already an hour in and i had like just started i was like this thing is cooking and it was just it was a breeze after that i was like smooth sailing baby i'm in your hands pete
1: mm-hmm. yeah i had to pause to make dinner and i feel like i was a little more into it after the pause yeah I mean
2: there's a lot of setup and then like a lot yeah. happens in the back half where it's like mm-hmm. performance mm-hmm. you know relationships yeah. everyone splitting off death <laughs> attacks <laughs> maybe
1: death maybe death we sure. know. Sure. yeah I like. oh yeah and the very ending I did think was just like strong aesthetically yeah. I was it leaves you like feeling like alright there's something going on there
2: I, really, I mean, I really just loved it. I was very surprised. I didn't have low hopes, but I had medium hopes going in, and they exceeded them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think, like, specifically as a movie about performance art, it is maybe one of the more interesting depictions of that that I've seen in movies, mm-hmm. where compared to, like, two other host faves, like Madeline's Madeline and, like, uh, The Square... And even Crimes of the Future, which I think that does it in an interesting way just because that whole movie's vibe is, like, these weird Mm -hmm. underground parties uh, that it just fits in with that. Uh, And here I think it is, like, uh, maybe not a fully effective satire, but just funny in its circumstance, and also when it is more in the... um, the like behind the scenes like them preparing to do it and like uh where it's just the audio of them like acting out everything where i really love that and then the sort of where it's mostly focused on the fat muhammad character and the performance i'm like less into that and like less into specifically (laughs) the Mm -hmm. one where she's rubbing shit all over herself but then even that (laughs) extends to uh the character stones like filming her up close and like having to in his mind like reckon with the idea that it's his own stool sample Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they like they find out about his gastro like intestinal issues and start using that as part of their performance and that's why it leads to like them you they do like a live colonoscopy on him yeah um they do the uh there's the the, we mentioned the bit after he finds out that he has celiacs they do this performance with a bunch of carbohydrates and grains and Uh it is like an interesting you know uh, back and forth yeah and like what he allows them to do
1: yeah and i mean i am very interested in just like the base conceptual uh idea of like taking this form in this case of food and like using it for sensory uh thing that is not what it's associated with yeah i do specifically the fact that it is a film and it is it, it, it is that it is kind of transposing it to a sensory thing that film is more suited to i think is like makes sense for making a movie but is like if you're going to make something that is so sort of um, embedded in the senses, it would be, like, interesting. I think, I think it kept going. It would be interesting to, uh, take a sense that is not so obviously applicable to film, which sound is one of the sort of two, uh, senses that film is most prepared to address. Yeah,
2: when they plug the like headphone jacks directly into the food and like Mm -hmm. strickland obviously with Burbine sound studio and the other ones is so like interested in like odd sounds like Uh playing loudly i was like this Mm -hmm. is very cool to listen to it was like a weird sort of asmr trigger which doesn't happen often Mm
1: mm-hmm
2: but yeah, I mean, anything else to say about Flux Gourmet? It, it was, it was like, not in competition at Berlin, right?
1: It was in the Encounters section, which is the, sort like, news yes, section yes, yes, yes. where, uh, of course, Malm Krog premiered some other favorites. Right. I didn't look up, like,
2: reception to it at the time, but I feel like very few people, like, especially, like, now that it's even out, very few people I know have seen it. Yeah,
1: it doesn't seem like many people have seen it. I got the impression that the critical reception of people who did see it was like similar to in fabric or maybe a sure, little sure. bit better yeah did you see yeah. the, the
3: reported box office that it has on it's wikipedia
2: no is it very low <laughs> do, do, do you want to guess my guess it, would be it like...
0: made like $3,000 on one screen at the <laughs> IFC center or something like
3: I'm mean, gonna I guess made... uh,
1: 7300 $7,300 I'll just guess $1 Price is Right style and hope for the best.
3: We're not going by Price is Right rules. <laughs> I mean, still, Jesse wins because it was $8,000. Eight 8000 <laughs> That's very... I mean, look.
1: Yeah.
2: That is so upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> that is very crazy to hear. Um, I mean, it did... Did it, it play... No, AI, I mean, it did I, like, It yeah, gets like, zero... Rel- I did see a trailer for it when I was... In New York, I saw a trailer for it at the IFC Center, and I was like, right, sure, yeah. This looks good, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that is uh, crazy. If that is uh, whatever validity that has, is uh,
1: I sure I sounds mean, sounds reasonable. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, mean, it makes sense, but yeah. it really uh, is making me sad. I don't know if it's only <laughs> like
2: made eight thousand dollars. <laughs>
0: That's so crazy. I mean, it's got VOD money, they'll be, fine. yeah, yeah I mean,
1: I don't know if it. Only played in New York and LA, but I wouldn't be surprised if it played in like four other cities. Uh, it, yeah. it, it certainly played wasn't nineteen here theaters I was in the un- it played
3: it. nineteen theaters in the United States and Canada. That,
2: uh, that I mean, look, that's maybe a decent turnout for nineteen theaters. I guess I don't know eight thousand no. dollars. Uh,
1: not really. That's like I don't think very many people went to see it. I guess I mean, but like.
0: Look. Roughly $500 a theater, like, less than that. Like, yeah, that's... So, like, 50 um, people. You get a factor to in popcorn, theater, Andy. Theater. <laughs> right, yeah, I'm sure the theater's made a ton of popcorn money for this one. This is nothing you want to eat popcorn by more than <laughs> than
2: Flux Gourmet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Shall we move on? I mean, yeah. We can... We're, now we're talking to Elvis.
0: <laughs> yes. Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, now playing in a few more than 19 theaters. Yeah, it made more than $8,000. <laughs> yes, um, Played out a competition at Cannes, was met with a, I would say, mixed negative reception would be sort of how I would characterize sure. the initial word of mouth
1: it on that At Cannes, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, or Cannes and uh, people who had been shown it before Cannes.
0: Right. Yes, the first wave of reactions. Yeah. Um, uh, they had a big party at Cannes which was we heard about. Uh, you know, they had mm-hmm. uh, drones in the sky show, making Elvises.
3: Um, w- and then I walked past Shakira entering the Elvis party. Wow, right. didn't you
2: say you also saw a bunch of Elvis impersonators?
3: I did see Elvis impersonators on the street of Cannes. Sure, yeah. mm-hmm. uh,
0: and then yeah, came out here in the United States uh, just over a week ago, two weeks ago now as, as you're listening to this, uh, did well, did did strong opening has has had pretty good legs too. Uh, I think it'll. I think I've, no one's going to be mad about how well this movie did. Um, and yeah, let's talk about it. What do you think, Andy? I did not like it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I think I mean the main like Elvis is not an interesting character, and I don't think it has anything really interesting to say about him as a person. Um, uh,
2: yeah, I think sure. the movie Elvis. It's like you get out of the movie and it's like, who's Elvis? I don't know, but it looks great. <laughs> it's does
3: it it though? It, it, <laughs> it looks great. I mean, it does look great. It, it is certainly more interested in him as like. A piece spectacle. of yeah, as, as spectacle and iconography, than as like mm-hmm. a person for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, and like I don't know, like it, it, I don't think, and like it doesn't hit the music hard enough for me. I don't think like he it does the it repeats the songs a lot. It doesn't really get there's like one great sequence where he's like working with an orchestra and like telling the uh, the trumpets to take it up the octave and stuff that like I think gets at some of like what Elvis's like genius was and like what was fun about him Uh, but it doesn't do that nearly enough for me to like make it worth my while and then it just has like the I don't know the, the Colonel Tom Parker like cartoonish evil like is just not interesting to me and the character doesn't really track at all like he like I don't quite get like he 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 finds elvis and he like discovers that like his like sexual di- dyna- sexually dynamic performances is like what's going to make him a star or whatever and then like he immediately like as soon as anyone puts pressure on him to like get elvis to tamp that down he immediately like is like yes we have to do this right away and like i don't know i just like don't ever get like what his deal is and why he's like why what he's going to what he wants at any moment uh, out of Elvis, other than like, obviously, like he's like being a parasite off of him or whatever, like, like you know, sucking, sucking a, a living off of him. I just don't find him interesting or believable as a character at all.
3: Sure, Amelia, you go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I liked it a lot. I thought it was very fun. I think it does a very good job at getting you to understand a sort of moment in culture that can seem very foreign to like from like a 2020 point of view or whatever like it doesn't make you understand why it was crazy how horny people were for Elvis and what about him made people so so horny in a way that again it's like he was wiggling his hips which seems like the most chaste thing now but he does a good job just telling you on the whole like magic and spectacle of it. And while I don't think it is, I am of two minds on whether it, it is that interested in him as a person. I think it it is mostly interested in him as iconography, but I also think it may be just like accidentally understands that he was maybe just a dumb per- like a dumb regular ass person and he, there, isn't, there wasn't like that much behind the ears to look for behind. He was just, like, a guy who really liked performing, and was really good at it, and it was sort of, like, broken later in his life by how much he enjoyed it, and how much he let certain aspects of his life ravel out of control due to Parker's influence. Uh, uh Tom Hanks's Parker is, like, cartoonish is correct, but I find it cartoonishly entertaining. Uh, I enjoy just how dumb and ridiculous that character is but i also think i don't know it made sense to me like why he would like he didn't want to get caught by the government so anytime anybody put ever put any pressure on him he would just completely fold due to like the weird immigrants his weird immigrant status that he's like hiding i guess the movie presupposes he's hiding like if the whether or not that was sort of like based on fact is a little up to debate but I right. don't really care uh but I don't know I just found it entertaining it moves entertainingly uh I sort of it sort of gets at the weird I don't know it, I feel I just find it electrifying and like communi- it like communicates Elvis to me in, in a way that when I went into it I was like Elvis is lame as hell and I don't get it and this dude is and, like, why would any of Booty have ever been into this? And when I came out it, of it, I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, I was fully sold on Elvis by the end. Yeah.
2: I uh, basically agree with everything Emilio said. I, uh, when I was watching it, every time it sort of slows down to be like, here's the scene where Elvis's mother dies. And, like, anytime it tried to do the sort of like, here's what is happening outside of the performances for Elvis.
3: It's got everything to do with us.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Funny moments, but not entirely interesting in that regard at all. And like, it does, you know, you need the performances. That's like the big thing. And that's like the spectacle is what Lerman is great at, in my opinion. And the movie in a way shoots itself in the foot by having to be about Elvis quote unquote, Where it's like, well, it's the Elvis movie. We gotta talk about this thing. And it's like, we gotta get into this sort of thing. And it doesn't... Like, Lerman being much more interested in showing the performances and Elvis as, like, the spectacle. And, like, the sort of embodiment of cool and sexy and everything uh, is what drives the movie. And he's, like, I think being beholden to the Elvis story, like... He's obviously not that interested in. I think the sort of inner workings of his personal life and like his relationship to Lisa Marie, all that, or Priscilla, excuse me, um, and Lisa all that, Marie. So, any yeah. or his relationship to any other person other than Colonel Tom. Really, like- <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that. But th- it is just the thing of like you have that first performance at the Hayride where he does the the jiggle <laughs> and or the wiggle as they call it, and like. There's the, the, it's like the big trailer moment where they play. I mean, the music in it is so crazy. Where they play like the guitar riff from some come together cover that was used in the Justice League trailer. (laughs) And then it cuts to everyone in the audience like screaming in the most, like not even like a yeah way. They're just like, God, like I don't even know how to process what I'm feeling right now. So I just have to scream. And it is just this crazy, electrifying thing. And I think the way that he uses archival footage and, you know, stylistic choices of, like, doing crazy split screen throughout and, like, integrating all of that sort of thing. And when you sort of look at the side-by-side of, like, real Elvis performances that are in the movie, because there's not really a ton of, like, footage of Elvis performance that you can, like, find on YouTube. There's like a few performances that I've watched, uh, a bunch in the like after watching the movie, and they like even in the movie they barely get into his acting career, and it's like not really about the sort of Elvis as an actor part and like that sort of thing. No. I just found like really, I mean, yeah. right, go ahead. That, that stuff is notoriously bad. <laughs> like it's like well, not as I, well, I mean, career... we'll save it for special presentations, but um, yeah. the uh, and, and and I think it just. Every single performance scene, Butler's performance is so electrifying that, like, I can't really, like, think about, like, the sort of stuff that drags it down for me because I'm just, like, in the palm of the movie's hand. And I think, like, getting at the sort of weird – they're just replicating it, like, one for one, but getting the sort of weird – Asides that Elvis does There's the one that's going around on Twitter now Where he like puts the microphone in his mouth And is like He like makes a crazy noise Mm -hmm. When he's performing There's like weird little things that he'll say That he just like throws in his jokes And uh I I mean I just really uh, Think it works On all cylinders In those moments That it you know elevates the rest of the movie That is like the parody of itself (laughs) And sure. uh, I think especially The big um, Unchained melody scene At the end where they cut in the footage Of the real Elvis singing it And then also the footage Of the different stages of Elvis' life That Butler already played and it's all on the screen At the same time I was like weeping it's so magical It's so perfect
1: I do think we should address the elephant In the room uh, which is Elvis
2: died on the toilet
1: No, it's not. I- I have a question. Uh, Andy, can you sanction what that man does with his hips?
0: I- sure. It's f- I mean- wow. Wow!
2: I mean, well, this is- I mean, yeah. I'm going to drop a bunch of bombs like sure. DJ Drama. I
0: mean this is that movie like the movie like it just hits that point over and over again and that's it's like thing. I get it. Who cares? He's sexy. I get it. Like Yeah. It's like and yeah, I mean I, I do think Butler's very good. I think it that's a very strong central performance. Um, you know, it's got all the bio like all the bio, like this is the thing, like, Elvis, like, obviously, like, he just exists as, like, one thing in my mind, and, like, he went through so many phases, which, like, the movie is clarifying on, and, like, oh, he did, like, the black suit at this point in his career, he yeah. did the, like, Ryan says at this point, or whatever, but, like, none of it is, like, that interesting, and then, like, especially, like, the last act or whatever, where the the conflict is, like, is Elvis going to be able to perform in Europe, like the movie does absolutely nothing to sell me on like what that would do artistically for him versus like these Vegas shows that seem to be like going fine except for the fact that he's like addicted to drugs or whatever. Yeah, um, I mean that's
3: more of it to me where it's it's more like selling on the stakes of like he needs to leave Vegas because he will die here because he's yeah. a sick man. Well, why he,
0: wouldn't he die in Europe? He'll
2: die in Europe. Like the the, the doctor. I
0: mean, will but come there is something more to like
2: exploring the country. Like. the the continent of europe than staying in one spot in vegas because your manager forced you to sign this contract for however many weeks it is like 62 weeks or something
3: yeah it's like isolating
2: yeah and you go i mean he's probably going like stir crate like he's obviously elvis and has all of these amenities but it is like you would imagine that it is a crazy feeling to do the same thing every night in one spot for you know as however sure. long he's there i mean
0: but he has like total artistic freedom there like he could like change the show up every night if sure he to, i mean it yeah sure
3: um yeah i, don't I know. mean this like, goes back to andy's weird red shoes thing where it's like if you could if people are giving you money to do whatever you want on stage that should be fine enough yeah, <laughs> <A little bit laughs> yeah. he should right. be happy <laughs> right <laughs> i mean what? that scene you mentioned you hit name, the, the scene box. where he is like
2: conducting the band and getting everything ready before that yeah. first wada performance wada is so wada wada goddamn cool. It is, like, one of the best things you can do in a movie. It's like, alright, now you a little bit, and then now you a little bit, right. yeah. <laughs> and then everyone together. And it's it's like, a way of, yeah, bah. dramatizing the artistic process. That
0: baw is baw just, baw like, Yeah, mis- when he goes, baw baw. so good. Yeah, so good. and I mean,
3: I thought about the movie a lot, like, in comparison to... Well, I just, like, I thought about it in, like... As a pair with great Gatsby his great Gatsby a lot of just these sure. movies about just flash completely just completely destroying a person's life and just like yeah and I think that it I think that is what it's get if like if it's trying to make any point about Elvis's internal life I think that is the point that it's trying to make where it's just like by his own like desire to be famous and be a good performer and tom Parker's like Snowman, whatever he calls his like, his own like he, whatever he brands right. his own branding as, like he just became a person who was just so subsumed by flash and like pomp and like uh, it, it, these like performances that there is there was almost no real Elvis to really bubble up from under it. There was just, like, sure. no, there was just nothing left there, and I think that's what Butler's performance sort of gets at the most, which is, like, you can see him at certain moments on stage, just, like, electrifying a cloud, but he just kind of looks lonely and weird. And it, it, it just looks like, you know, it's, it's a very cliche thing of just, like, a very famous person and who is on stage being cheered by millions of people, who is also who is also, like, the loneliest man in the world, who has no one to connect to or understand with but I do think the movie does a pretty good job at just like selling that moment to moment and when there is our moments where his performance breaks through like at the end where he's like talking shit about Tom Parker at the at, on stage you, you are sort of shocked by that but because you're like oh he isn't just like putting on a great show he does decide to like break this a little bit to yeah. shit talk this man he he finally had a break through to the point where he like is willing to upset an audience.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: the other thing I will say that rubbed me the wrong way is just like the film's handling of like Elvis's at best complicated like racial, the uh, sure. uh, history and like it doesn't really have any black characters who are like real characters in it. And like at bat it's like, well, he meant well is basically like the most it has to say. Like he like was eager to throw credit to someone else or whatever. And like, doesn't really get into like the appropriation stuff that I think is like a big part of the current day Elvis conversation.
3: I both agree with that, but I also, the thing that I guess like just reading about it and finding out about it is that I sort of, I guess appreciate is the way is the wrong way to refer to how the movie handles it. But it's like, that is very much a current day Elvis conversation. Like that is maybe not a conversation anybody was er having at the time of the mo at like having at the time. And I feel like most quotes from like black artists at the time were just like, yeah, whatever. He was fine. He did a thing. He sort of (laughs) opened his door. Sure. Yeah. I'm not saying it needs to show
0: anyone like being wronged, but like, I don't know. The, it, it it doesn't present the actions like
2: as questionable at all. I guess. Well, I would. I mean, yeah. It is a very complicated for us to get into. Uh, but I would also like not argue, but just say like, who else besides the main two is like a real character, quote unquote. Like, I feel like i right. not, not everyone sure. is given the That's same a problem amount of the movie. I think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you see it as a problem, it's a problem. But it's also just, like... I don't think you can really levy that against, like... Obviously, everyone gets a different amount of screen time. Like, Richard Rockford's, like, in it a lot. um, Just in the background. But it is, like... Not a a fair, you know... Sort of... doling. But it is just, like... Everyone is sort of just in orbit around these two guys. And, like, I think... Specifically uh you have like the little richard scene <laughs> where he's at the club and it's like boslummer just like hired a model to play that character play little richard it's someone sure. else singing on the track sure. um and this is like what inspires elvis to like go further in his dancing cuz little richard's like stripping on the stage um and i mean and it is just like further set dressing in a way but i think depending on what your views on the movie are, it's either a positive or a negative set dressing.
3: Yeah. I think it's it's like his entire take on like that whole thing is just like, well, I'm just going to show how great these people were and that they were around Elvis was just like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. And so that will, and that will be giving them credit enough for their contributions to his artistic presence, which is like, not great. But it's also yeah. like, I don't think it is done in the interest of just completely erasing that conversation. But I think it is like, yeah. all, like an acknowledgement that it, it this isn't really the forum to happen. I guess. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't and think there there's was, a like, version where Boz Lerman does a good job of addressing that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he might not be the one to tackle that. <laughs> well, sure. Then he shouldn't make the movie. Is I guess my take then. <laughs> that.
1: I mean, he's just making That's a, very a bold thing. to say. He's just making a different movie. It sounds like.
2: Yeah, yeah, he just that was. A I mean, this thing. is not the same thing at all, and almost not worth talking about. But I did hear people complain about <laughs> the Robert Zemeckis witches because it takes place in like the South in the fifties with a largely uh black cast and people were like they don't talk about slavery or anything like at all like civil rights at all and it's like yeah it's robert zemeckis is the witches
3: yeah i think it's just sure. uh it is difficult It it, it yeah It and, and, and that's one of those things where i don't even know what that conversation would look like in a good vir- like i don't know if like insert like radical black filmmaker making an elvis biopic i don't even know what that looks like or if or if anybody even has the interest to do that like i like i feel like a weird like energetic glossy elvis biopic is probably the best you're gonna get on that front because i because he might just have not like i i don't know what the interesting angle is on him be beyond this because he is just sort of this figure of like flash and style unless you're just like you either willing to further fictionalize things or make a like a tremendously small movie which obviously this isn't interested in being
2: right. yeah i don't really know a ton about like elvis as a guy and like what is like the sort of like interesting thing of him beyond the sort of spectacle as we're saying he liked kung but fu? i did well yeah they didn't do any of the kung fu stuff they like apparently there's a scene where you see the peanut butter sandwiches um <laughs>
1: but they didn't talk about that at all and i was i was wondering
2: about it <laughs> he brought uh, the yeah, I mean, to Andy, Kyo. what
1: you're missing of course is there is already a movie that's like a small character based drama that elvis is in that is very much about politics uh, called Elvis and Nixon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I never checked that one out
0: and
2: I don't really feel a strong desire <laughs> to right now for some reason. Well, listen, we'll watch Elvis, we'll watch Nixon, and then we'll watch Elvis and Nixon. <laughs> um, but there's... Um, I watched one of Elvis's movies. I watched Viva Las Vegas. And, like, if you... I've watched some of his performances, as I said already, like, uh, like his live performances and he is just like a funny guy like he does bits uh there's moments in viva las vegas where he like does a joke that like makes Anne margaret laugh and he's like pleased with himself and like visibly like breaking because he's like yeah the joke i did was funny and it worked and it's like a very compelling thing i think like there's a performance of him doing hound dog on the ed sullivan show where he's like laughing throughout and like doing crazy like bits and faces because he's just like in between all of the verses or whatever you know he does where it's like and he's like shaking his hips all crazy and moving weird and everyone in the crowd's like ah like screaming and he's just like laughing throughout is not a good way to describe it but like that energy of just like excitement and like joviality to not use a real word But, I, I, I mean, I, I think he is just, like, a, a compelling guy to be, like, this is Elvis. And he, like, <laughs> did crazy performances. Sure.
3: He did do crazy performances.
2: He also, he, al- yeah. he,
3: also talk- he also talked funny. and that's.
2: I mean, the Elvis voice is so fun to do. I get why Austin Butler's been doing it for three years. And <sighs> I guess... I need to issue a correction that on last week's special presentations, I went on a long rant about the Elvis voice that Austin, Austin Butler's been doing for the past three years. And apparently, the exact same uh, argument with the same exact videos that I mentioned was used on Rival Podcast Two Weekly three months ago. And uh, so they beat me to the punch, I guess. Yes. If they want one month of our coffee earnings,
3: they're into to it.
0: They get my portion. I'll give them my (laughs) portion. But I just thought I'd say that. Yeah. They should just come on the podcast and we'll, we'll send that right over to them. Um, (laughs) all right. I don't think, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say about Elvis. Uh, it's a little long, I guess. I don't know. That's about it. Yeah, that so, was
1: that was briefly the thing that made it very attractive to me because I, uh, Saturday, uh, or I guess like Sunday at like 2 a.m., the power went out, uh, and I didn't really sleep, and it got really hot, and so at like 7 a.m., I was like, all right, I'll go to Panera, and then I'll go see Elvis at the earliest screening because it's the longest movie playing, and I could take a nap. Yeah. Uh, but then I went to take a shower, and when I got out of the shower, the power was back. So I went back to sleep.
3: You know what's a very sweaty movie? Elvis. Mm. Yeah, he sweats
2: so much. That's true. Yeah, hopefully. 40X yeah. would have gone crazy. The, uh, yeah, I mean. Anyway. It really, speaking of Great Gatsby, it really, I wished it was in 3D. It would have really gone dummy. <laughs> sure. Gone dummy. <laughs> um... Should we move on to special presentations? Sure. I got a quick one of are ready. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. <laughs> um, so, purely by coincidence, I watched a movie that had a lot of Elvis in it the day before I watched Elvis two weeks ago, uh, which was Brighter Summer Day, Edward Yang's masterpiece, which is, like, one of the best movies I've ever seen. I feel like every time I do a special presentation on a movie, I'm saying that, but it's, like, I think Emilio talked about it when he watched it earlier this year. And it is just, like, one of the most uh, emotionally (laughs) devastating endings to a movie I've ever seen. And I think he, Yang, creates, like, a perfect object in a way with, like, Yi Yi, uh, his, his last movie I'd seen already. And I basically love that and think it. Is incredible and like is this great human story, and I mean, I'm I'm get my 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 thought is that that is what all of his movies are, but Brighter Summer Day just like reaches new levels of like figuring out who these people are and just relating to these specific people in a way that like you just feel like you know them and like everyone's specific relationship to like certain objects is like very moving in it. Uh, And he obviously crafts a great image from the relationship of these people and their objects. Uh, It's just a huge, huge movie with so much good to say about it. If you have the time, I would say watch it. Because it's long. It's longer than Elvis. And there's a lot of Elvis in it. There's a great Elvis... Code is not the right word, but just, like, payoff involving Elvis that, like, is incredibly
3: moving. Yeah, I mean, it's... uh... It's, I think, it's like one of those things where it's just like, maybe that's the, it's probably the best movie ever made. It's the like, case could certainly be made. <laughs> it's, it's hard to recommend because it's four hours long and it has an ending that will make you want to Michael Mann just like stare at the ocean for like an hour yeah. after having watched it. But, uh, it's the best thing. Yeah. Uh, my special presentation. I watched the film... Oslo, August thirty first. Wow, a couple of days ago, and I uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, it's not perfect. I think it can fall into some like tropey addiction stuff, but I think it also manages to sidestep a lot of that stuff in a very interesting way. I really like uh, under da- Anders Danielson Lee's performance mm-hmm. in it. It made me be like, maybe I should go to Oslo. Seems like a cool, seems like my vibe as a city. There's a lot of just like archival footage and stuff about Oslo. And also they play a song from Daft Punk's Alive 2007 in it, which is great to see.
0: Great. Uh, I will go. Uh, uh, Only Murders in the Building is back, baby. It's on Hulu. (laughs) Uh, I love checking in with my nice friends, Steve Martin, (laughs) Martin Short, and Selena Gomez every week uh hasn't missed a step. Amy Schumer's joined the cast. she's great uh, uh playing a, a version recent of recent homeowner. Yes, <laughs> she's playing I mean playing that on the show too. She bought an apartment on the show uh and of course the most recent episode as we record this, the one that came out yesterday as we record uh is a Jane Howdy shell featured like tribute episode that's just she takes a starring role in it and I'm not going to not recommend a Jane Howdy shell showcase episode on. Can I kick it? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, check out uh, the humans. If you haven't yet, she's great in that. And, uh, she's great on. Wow. The I forgot about the humans. Episode of. Yeah. In the building. Great movie. It's a great movie. No, it, it probably won't ever get its to do. Because uh, it was on, sh- yeah, on Showtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a great movie.
2: <laughs> One day we'll have to just sit down and talk about what went wrong with A24. <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll do the exit interview for the current <laughs> yeah. people who ran A24. Yeah, uh, and I have been lying down for maybe the past three or four minutes, and I can't recommend it enough. <laughs> great presentation Jesse. i do have to say. we have, have to have, to have a conversation down. about <laughs> these presentations <and> <laughs> off mic probably
0: but off
3: off record but uh jesus christ <laughs> what's that should i get into blogs wait, can, wait, can i recommend another thing for a special yeah go ahead there's a very good vulture profile of uh nathan fielder that came out i think yesterday yeah that's good wow it, it is. It's a, it's a very good. It's a very good interview, and, and like weirdly, it's like weirdly like critical for a profile, also, in that it gets. Into it stuff is. Like... He
1: comes off very strangely.
0: Interesting. Yeah, he's a strange guy. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm. Yeah, I don't
3: know if I'm going to be into the new show. We'll see. I'm. Was, I'm interested I was... in it. Yeah, if he I'll sells definitely... the show, and it seems like a great. Show, like it seems like a great pitch for a show, and a very him pitch for a show. But like that. <laughs> did you watch the trailer? I did. The trailer is, like, pretty good also. But it, it, like, the profile gets into stuff like, well, you did a show that's, like, based on, like, small businesses. Which, like, sort of leads you to, like, having to almost, like, exploiting immigrants. And, like, their weird, like, not, like, lack of facility mm-hmm. with, like, American culture and stuff. And it, it, like, we, it, like, weirdly probes them a lot. But also, like, yeah. it's very funny. And there's, like, a lot of interesting stuff about the making of... Nathan for you and his new thing mm-hmm. weirdly doesn't get into the safety show at all
1: to, I I, don't, that, I think that, that must I, not I, be I'm, happening anymore
3: yeah that's where I'm at with it I don't think it's happening anymore yeah it just seems like it doesn't exist yeah <laughs> or maybe he's just not in it who knows I, yeah. yeah I don't know yeah well with that
2: yeah if you want to follow the podcast on twitter you can do so at can I Kick It. If you want to follow the podcast on Letterboxd or Instagram at C-I-K-I-Pod. If you want to email us any questions or comments, you can do so at can I Kick it Pod at gmail.com. If you want to donate any money for Andy to go to London to see the Matilda <laughs> musical, you can do so at ko-fi.com. I'd see
0: it on stage there, too, probably, because they're still playing on stage there, so I do a double feature, the the,
2: the stage version mm-hmm. I'll say without fail, like the past three, maybe even four weeks, every time I say the most important plug, the one where people give us money, I am cut off every single time <laughs> in, the, in the middle of saying <laughs> the <sorry>. URL. <laughs> you don't need to apologize. Sorry. I just wanted get to point it, it out. Let's get it clean. clean. <laughs> KO-FI.com slash C-A-N-N-E-S-I. Of course, all of these are in the show notes if you want to go there. And if you want to follow... Any of us on Twitter, Letterboxd, those are also there. Our theme song is by Tree Related, at Tree Related on Spotify and SoundCloud.
1: And with that, Jesse... (laughs) I'll go ahead and release our audience. Bye-bye! Bye!